Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So I'm going to talk to you tonight. Uh, I believe it'll be a help to us. Luke, the 23rd chapter, in verse 33, it says, When they had come to the place called Calvary, where they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and, and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. Then soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And so, uh, just reading this, this is a, a, a account of that, obviously the crucifixion of our Savior. And, and uh, here, if you think of the scene that was going on, all these people that were, uh, you know, it, how many know it wasn't a, it wasn't a friendly environment, uh, to say the least? Uh, yes, he was being crucified, but even those watching, except for his disciples and his mother and a few, uh, a few like that, most people were uh, uh, not on Jesus' side. And uh, people were, like I said, were mocking him, and it was just an awful Awful time. But notice he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, go over to Mark chapter 6. Read a couple of different accounts here, the life of Jesus. Here, Mark the 6th chapter. Do you love the word tonight? Say it's a life. It's help to us. Praise God. Mark the 6th chapter. Let me know when you're there. All right, that's quick. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. It said, then he went out from there. And came to his own country, this speaking of Jesus, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? It's interesting. They recognized that he had wisdom, great wisdom, and that mighty works were even done by his hands. Verse 3, is is this... uh, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Judas, uh, Joseph, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Notice that they, they admitted that he had great wisdom in his words, and they even acknowledged that great things were done by his hands. Even though they weren't being done there, they acknowledged these things. They were aware of that, but they still uh, looked at him in a way that was less than favorable. He, he said a, a prophet is without honor except his own country amongst his own people. And so in this situation, these people were uh, coming to him. And even in this situation, it wasn't a proper response. You know, I was looking at these two things today and in, in, in both accounts. Why did people respond the way they did? How did it, why did it go the way it did? Why did this transpire? Why did these stories uh, uh, and these accounts, why did they go down in this order? How did, why did people respond this way? You know, it simply goes back to one simple truth. They didn't recognize him. They just didn't recognize who he was. They just didn't see him for who he was. They could see the things that he did. They couldn't deny. Even when they were crucifying Jesus on the cross, how many know that the, the, the religious leaders, one of the reasons why they wanted him crucified is because he did signs and wonders. 
They, they crucified him. They wanted to crucify him, and they did it because he spoke in a way that was uh, beyond their reasoning. That tried to catch him in his words. They couldn't do it. It offended them. It made them mad. They, they saw the things that he did, but they didn't see who he was. They didn't recognize him. And, you know, this is still happening today, and, 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 and I believe that it, it's unfortunate, but these, these things do happen, and, and God is still moving, God is still at work, and we see it in the earth, we see it around us, and people just don't recognize him. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to be speaking or moving in my life and me not recognize him for who he is. Yes, it's one thing to see what he does, but it's more important to know who he is in every situation. There is a difference. They saw what he did. They saw, heard the words that he said, but they didn't see who he was. They didn't recognize him. And so, you know, it's important for us that we stay in a place that we're always uh, uh, recognizing and being aware of who he is. Uh, you know, people should recognize him. There's no reason for people to not, of all people, everybody, every nationality, every race, every creed, every language, there's no excuse for people to not recognize who he is. I just wrote down a few verses in John chapter one. It says, all things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made. I mean, he is the creator of everything, right? In Colossians, it says, for by him, all things were created that are in the heavens and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. John 1 says, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. That just means to recognize him. John chapter 1 said, the word became flesh and dwelt among him. Listen, there is no excuse for the world to not know who he is. And, you know, really when it's all said and done, when, when this life is over and when people stand before, before the judgment seat of Christ, before they stand before the great white throne judgment, there'll be no excuse for people not knowing who he was and not responding to that. You know, there'll be no excuse in it. There'll be no excuse. But, you know, it, it's important for us. I guess I just want to start on, on our end to make sure that we're staying in a place where uh, we are recognizing uh, uh, who he is and responding to that. And just as a side note, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now. We've got a lot of turmoil going on. And, and, and since the election, we've had a bunch of stuff going on. Can it, y'all all know what I'm talking about. Just a lot of stuff. And it seems like tension is on every, on, on every area and on every, uh, and every front. And we're, we're now in a place where even the very things that we believe as Christians are becoming under attack, right? And people, what is that? People don't recognize who God really is. They don't recognize Jesus. They don't recognize the authority of the word. You got to understand the Bible says that the God of this world blinds people's eyes. And this is just a side note. I just want to say that when you see this stuff happening, guard your hearts that you don't begin to look at people as the problem. The enemy is the problem. The problem is the enemy has people's eyes blinded and blind. When someone can't see, they're going to bump into things. They're going to call this something else. They're going to say what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right. They're going to get everything mixed up. They're going to say left is right and right is left. Why? Because they can't see. And so the enemy has people's eyes blinded, and we're seeing the evidence right now of blindness really stepping up and a boldness in that blindness, right? There's a boldness that's behind this blindness right now, but let's not let our hearts get in the wrong place where we start looking at people the wrong way, but we need to take authority over the enemy of this, uh, uh, the, the God of this world, our adversary, and start taking authority over these things, people in our lives, people we come into contact with that they'll see clearly, Amen. It's important that we do that. It's important that people, that, that, that we take our place and not look at people as the problem, right? 
The issue is people don't recognize him. Why? Because the enemy has their eyes blinded. And so it's important, you know, in this day that, yes, people should see him. And we, we look, step back, and we think, well, you know, there's no excuse for that. There's no reason for that. They ought to see. Yes, it's true, but there's an enemy out there. Let's make sure that we're seeing him, that our, our vision is clear, but also seeing everything else clearly, right? And so obviously, you know, it's an important thing that people recognize and see him. You know, God is here. The Lord Jesus is here with us tonight. Do you, do you, do you believe that? You know, I have several scriptures that I wrote down here just as uh, uh, just proof. Because after, after all, we do believe the word, don't we? We believe the scriptures here as, as believers. We, we believe his word. But he's with us right now. You know, in the morning, he's going to be with you. Tomorrow night, he's going to be with you. Tuesday, he's going to be with you. Wednesday, Thursday, Turkey Day, Friday. No matter what happens on Saturday... He's going to be with you, right? You know, it's so easy as stuff comes up that we get our attention on other things and not see him, but see other things, right? Even football games. He's with us. I'm going to read this, this scripture in John chapter 1, in the ninth verse. It says, be strong and of good courage. This is John, or Joshua 1.9. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you, Wherever you go, he's with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not, uh, or be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Matthew 28 in the 18th verse, this is the, the great commission. Jesus said, spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I command you. And lo, one preacher said that, uh, made the joke, this is proof that God loves short people. He said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. He said, lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. John chapter uh, uh, 14. You can turn over there with me on this one. John chapter 14. In the 15th verse, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do you love him tonight? He said, now pray the Father, and he'll give to you another helper, that he may ab- another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But notice, but you know him. Everybody say, for I know him. That's another way of saying I recognize him. The spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Why? For he dwells with you and will be, with, and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. But you know him. You know, I love that song we sang at the end. I didn't tell Q to pick that. You know, I, I, I see what you want me to see. I hear what you want me to hear. We know him. Amen. We, we recognize him. In 1 Corinthians 13, or chapter 3, verse 16, this is out of the Amplified. It says, do, do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, that means everybody. This includes everyone. He says, are God's temple, his sanctuary, and that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you. What is a permanent dwelling? That's a house that you're not moving out of. That's a place that you, that you 
Once, you, once the, once the U-Haul truck leaves, a U-Haul truck is not backing back up to it to take your stuff. That's your house, right? He said that the, and God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. Hebrews, the 13th uh, verse, uh, chapter, 13th chapter, verse 5, says, Let your conduct be without covetous, covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? But notice, let your conduct, your actions, be without covetousness. Be content, that's an action as well, with such things as you have. Why? For he himself has said, capital H, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with us. Now, I know this is something, yeah, I know he's with us, but the reality of that, it's one thing to know that he's with us, but live in a place of being aware and constantly recognize the fact that he is actually with you has such an effect on your life that to live without it, you are not living like God has called you and ordained you to live. You, we must live aware and recognize the fact that he is day in, day out, every moment, no matter what's going on, God, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he, they are with us. He's with you. Can I just say this? No, any truth that becomes old hat to you loses the power to change your life. Listen, God is with us. Let me say it another way. God is with you. He's abiding with you. He's made his permanent dwelling with you. He's moved into your house. Like I said, anything that becomes old hat to you or any bread that starts getting a little stale in the cupboard starts losing its you know, stale bread doesn't warm the house with smell. Nobody walked into the house and had moldy bread like, hmm, that sure does smell good. No, it's when it comes right out of the oven that it smells good, right? We need to keep the bread, the truth of these things alive and freshly baked in our lives. He is with us. He said not to be covetous, to be content. The awareness of the fact that he's with you affects everything that you do. It affects everything. It affects how you listen tonight. It affects how you walk into prayer tomorrow night. It affects whether you, how you come in next Sunday. But besides church, it affects how you live when you walk out of the door, knowing that he's abiding with you. It affects how you respond to those you come into contact with, being aware of the fact that he is with you. God is with you. You know, really, the truth is, us just being, being, just being aware of the fact that he's here and that he's with us every single moment ought to be enough to just, just that alone, that one truth ought to be enough alone just to get us completely thrilled and happy and excited. Let me, let me ask you a question. 
And I don't know what the trumpet's going to sound like. I, I've always made it up to sound like, I don't know what the trumpet's going to sound. It's probably not going to sound like that, but it, I always do that sound. But when that trumpet sounds, and we see Jesus part the sky, well, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. If the thought of that doesn't excite you a little bit, you, you need to get to know him. You need to make Jesus your savior, right? Because it's going to, well, it hasn't happened yet. That just means our odds are far better. As every day passes, the statistical chance of it happening in our lifetime gets better. Every moment, it doesn't happen. So don't look at what hasn't happened. Look at the fact that it's going to happen and we're getting closer to it actually happening. But let me say this, when he shows up, when we see Jesus part the skies, when we hear that sound, let me ask you a question. What if you're in the middle of watching your favorite movie? And are you going to be like, oh, man, I'm almost to the good part of the movie. This is my favorite part coming up. I mean, no matter what you're doing, you're going to stop Drop and roll. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to have your attention, isn't it? Right? <laughs> you're not going to drop. You're going to do the opposite of dropping, right? So, <laughs> but it's going to have your attention, isn't it? So, and then when we meet him in the clouds, now we know the dead in Christ be called up first and those who are alive will be caught up to meet them. Woohoo, what a party that's going to be, right? I mean, when we get there, when we're when we have our and how long we're going to hang out in the clouds, I don't know. Are we going to be there 10 minutes? We're going to be there for 2 hours. It's going to be like half a second. I have no idea. But no matter how long that is, I think we're all going to be pretty pumped up about it, right? Wouldn't you agree? And then when we move on from there, and go wherever we're going after that. Well, obviously, we're going to go to heaven seven years of training. It's going to be good. Do you think we're going to be pretty excited to be with Jesus there? Are we going to be pretty pumped to know that we're actually in the throne room of God? Are we going to walk by the throne room and be like, Woohoo, look at that. I mean, you know, or are we going to be like, oh, Matlock's on right now. I need to go watch Matlock. You know, they're going to show Matlock in heaven, right? So it's, anyway, anybody else love Matlock? Is that just me? I don't mean, I know. I used to love watching Matlock and anyway, Matlock and Andy Griffith. I'll be happy. So in Florida State reruns. But anyway, all right. So <laughs> yeah, and Waffle House, Kendra said. There's going to be Waffle House there too. Dunkin' Donuts. No, no. Krispy Kreme sign. The hot sign's going to come on. Oh, the hot sign's on. I got to go. Lord, I'll be back. No, we're, we're, that's not going to happen. We're going to be thrilled to be in the presence of God. We're going to be thrilled to stand Think about standing face-to-face with Jesus. Think about that. Looking him in the eye, right? Do you think think he's going to have our attention? Do you you think that we'll be excited to be there? Do Do you think it'll affect our day? If it happens on a Monday, is that going to be a blue Monday? No, it's going to be a pretty good Monday, right? No, we know that's the case. And even the thought of it being different is ridiculous, isn't it? The thought of it being anything else is ridiculous. But really, do we, 
do we really believe what the word says or do we not? Do you know that he's just as much with us right now? Do do you realize he's just as much with us today? We're just as much in your relationship with him. Do do you you really realize that? That we're just as much in relationship with him. That that he's with us. He said that that I'm going to make my permanent home in you. Don't you know? Don't you understand that I'm going to make my permanent residence in you? I'm going to move into you. How many know that while we might not be seeing him with our natural eyes right this moment, that doesn't mean he's any less with us. Doesn't mean that he's any less here, present in our lives. You know, the truth is our ability to live aware of that, to recognize him, our ability to recognize him and to give preference to him really is the thing that dictates what we have in this life and what we experience while we're here. That's it. I mean, everything that, 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 is, that is his belongs to us. I mean, we know this, don't we? We know this in the word, right? I mean, if we believe the Bible, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I mean, we actually are enjoying the same life that he enjoys. That is eternal life, Right? So I would say that learning to recognize him better and live more aware of him is probably one of the more important things we should be striving towards. Wouldn't you agree? Living to be more aware of him is, 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 mm, is so important. His presence and our awareness of him is the most valuable thing we have. You know, recognizing him is the answer for somebody who's going to hell. You know, that's the answer. Once somebody sees Jesus, it's, once they see him. Now, are there some that see who he really is and decide to turn against him? I don't know. But I don't know about you. When I saw him, I knew where I wanted to go. Recognizing him is the answer to sickness. Recognizing him is the answer to lack recognizing him is the, I'm talking about in this life, recognizing him on a daily basis is the answer to, to fear. Recognizing him uh, is the answer to, 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 to um, uh, sadness, to despair. And recognizing him is the answer to everything that comes our way. Recognizing him is the answer to addiction. Recognizing him is the answer to sin. Recognize, recognizing him is the answer to everything that comes our way. It's recognizing him. It's seeing him. When Jesus was with them, many times said the power of God was present to heal. What was the difference when it happened when it didn't, like, like we read earlier? He was there, the same Jesus. He had done all of these things, but he couldn't do it with them. Why? They didn't recognize him. They weren't living aware of him. They didn't recognize him at that moment. So I want to challenge you tonight. Let's step up our recognition of him on a daily basis. Let's step it up to where we don't just settle for what we have and settle for what we see and settle for what we've known, but let's strive forward to see and to know him and recognize him more clearly today and tomorrow than we did yesterday. Because the answer to whatever you need is it really comes down to just if you're in Christ and if a person's not even in Christ, it starts by recognizing him. 
seeing him. It's the answer. It is the answer. And I'll say this too, if we can't, as believers, if we don't recognize him, how are we going to be able to represent him well? You know, I'm telling you, we said earlier, the world's gone crazy, right? People are going nuts right now. What more of an important time for the believers? And I know the whole church universal in here and me, but as far as our church, what, how more important is it for us as a church to recognize him? Why? So we can represent him. Ephesians chapter 5 says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Be imitators of God as dear children. When you imitate something, how do you imitate it? You got to see it. You got to see it to imitate it. You have to, you have to recognize it. You have to be aware of it to imitate it. You know, I don't know anybody else. If I do any kind of work at the house, I had to take my garage doors off and do all this stuff at the house, you know. And so I could have called it a garage door company, but it was a challenge to me. So what did I do? I got the instruction book on how to take the garage door off, fix your rollers, change out the... No, I didn't do that. I got on YouTube and I watched somebody do it. I took my roller, I took the whole garage off, did, took the rollers, replaced them, did the whole drive thingy, the chain deal, the, the bar, I took it out, changed it out, did the, didn't cut off any fingers, didn't get whacked in the head, you know. How did I do it? I just simply watched and then imitated it. I went, got online, and I looked at the right way to do it, and I just imitated what I saw. You know, really, our job is not that difficult. It's really not that hard. I mean, you know, you think of different things that are really difficult. That was a little daunting. I'll be honest, a little daunting for me to do that. Because all the warnings on your garage door say, don't do this, call a professional, you know, risk of death, dismemberment, you know, all of these things, do not do, call a professional. Have you ever looked at your garage door, all these, you know, basically the world's going to end if you try to fix your own garage door, right? It really wasn't that hard. It really wasn't that hard. I just had to see it to be able to imitate it. I love the Message Bible of Ephesians. It says, watch what God does. Now, if we're going to watch what God does, we got to recognize him, right? Watch what God does and then do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Watch what God does and then just do it. Nike got their slogan from the Message Bible. Like children who learn, to learn proper behavior from their parents. I'm going to give you four things tonight. We've, I've been going for 26 minutes. I'm going to give you four things. How do I start to recognize him more than I do? How do I begin to recognize him more than I do? Is this, is this all right? Number one, start from a position of trust. You know, everything goes back to faith, just simply trusting God. Start from a position of trust. He is with us right now. We read the scriptures, right? We looked at them. Listen, whether we sense anything or not, how many know that our sensing something doesn't mean that that doesn't have any bearing on what's real? I don't sense the oxygen that I'm breathing, but it's real. I don't sense gravity, but it's real, right? Climb up on the roof up here and jump off. Wait for the moment where you feel extra light. That's fine. That you feel less tethered to the earth. Wait for that golden moment where you get tingles and I feel a little light right now. Lose 20 pounds. That's my, that's my prayer right now. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And I pick the worst time to do it over Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? So, so whatever it takes. Feel, feel like you're in a position to be 
to overcome gravity and then jump off the roof. Let me tell you something. You're going down. You're going to hit the ground, right? You don't have to sense anything for it to be there, right? You just got to accept the fact that it's here. We have his word on it. He's with us right now. We can know him intimately. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So the first thing, if we're going to recognize him, we just have to trust that he actually knows what he's talking about. Listen, if Adam and Eve in the garden recognized the sounds of his footsteps after they had sinned, you and I can recognize him in our lives. They recognized the sound of God in the garden, the pitter-patter of God's feet. They recognized that. I'm going to start something out there. I think we limit what it means to even recognize God. Do you, th- do you think we get to heaven and we're going to recognize the sound of God's feet, of God coming into the garden? Adam and Eve sure did. They recognized this. Whatever that sound was, they recognized it. Do you think we're going to recognize that? Do you think we can recognize that now? Let me just throw something out here. What would our services look like if, if we all were aware of the presence of God coming into the room? Or aware of the fact that when we walked in, the presence of God showed up? Because we showed up. Ooh. Hey, hey, right? It'd be good, wouldn't it? Won't it? We can know him intimately. Cain, after he killed Abel, recognized the voice of God. He just committed murder. So we think oh, there's all these reasons why we can't. There's all these reasons why we can't recognize him. Can't know him. Cain recognized, recognized God even, in the, even though he just committed murder. Start from a position of trust. You can recognize him. Whether you've been born again two weeks or 20 years, you, sometimes I think it's more difficult for those who've been born, tw- born again 20 years. Right? Because past experience is suddenly speaking louder than the word of God does. You can recognize him. Number two, want to recognize him. Want to know him. Knowing God is the biggest thing in life. John chapter 17 says, and this is eternal life that I may know him. Knowing him and recognizing him go hand in hand. Can that be uncomfortable at times? Absolutely. But you got to want to know him. You, gotta, you, gotta, you have to have a desire to know him more, to recognize him more clearly. Can you all agree that would be pretty, pretty important, to have a desire? You know, we use our faith on a lot of things. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you'll have them. How about using our faith in this area? I'm, gonna rec- I'm believing God to recognize you more clearly. Do you think God would honor that? Absolutely. Doesn't matter what you've seen. Doesn't matter what you've experienced. I believe there's a whole lot more that he wants us to see. Number three, ask God to reveal himself to you so you can recognize him. Go to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew the 16th chapter. It's awful quiet in here tonight. Matthew chapter 16. I love this. Matthew the 16th chapter. Verse 17, it says, this, of course, you know, after Jesus had asked, you know, who do people say I am? Different ones said different things. Peter said, you're the son, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Notice, blessed are you. There was a difference. Why was Simon blessed? Because he knew who he was. He recognized him. Mm. 
Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my, my Father who is in heaven. Ask God to do this in your life. Ask God to reveal himself. Ask God to help you recognize him. I'll be honest, I've gone periods of time where I've not actually asked God to show me himself more clearly. Help me see you more clearly today than I did yesterday. Has there ever gone times where you just weren't pursuing that? How do you know if we have that in focus, everything else is where it needs to be? He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Use your faith. Trust God to reveal himself to you, and he absolutely will. And then the fourth one is start looking for him. Start looking for him and start where you are. And I know this is simple, but this will be life-changing for some of you. Because I, I, when, I, I when I started doing this, things started becoming much more clear to me. And I started seeing things that I hadn't seen before and just recognizing him in ways that I hadn't recognized before. And there was a preciousness there and a life there that has been a huge help in my life. Go with me over to um, John chapter 14. John the 14th chapter. We read this earlier, John the 14th chapter. Uh, we're in verse 16, and he was talking about, you know, use this as a scripture, as evidence, of course, that he's with us in John chapter 16. John 14, 16, rather, John 14, 16. said, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth in the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I want to read this to you out of the New Living Bible, the New Living Translation. It says, I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads us or leads who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. Why? Because it isn't looking for him and does not recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. But notice the world cannot receive him. Why? It isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Now, I know this seems, may seem like a, something small, but if you're believing for something and asking for something, you have to actually then be looking for him. You have to be looking for him. Oh, I can't see. I can't see. I can't see this microphone. I can't see this microphone. I can't see you. I mean, it doesn't make any sense if I'm actually looking. I've done a lot of complaining about not seeing him move in different areas of my life or in different ways, recognizing him. And it goes back because I wasn't really looking. Can we just all be honest? We can call it what we want. You can even be saying the right scriptures, but you're really not. We've not always really been looking for him. Looking is an action. It is putting action to what you're believing for. Listen, if we know if we ask anything about if it's his will, he hears us and he gives us the things that we've asked, right? He's going to respond to you. He's going to reveal himself to you. You're going to begin to recognize him. You, that means we've got to then start looking for him. Do you realize he is everywhere, not just in, yeah, we know in scriptures here, but the evidence of him is everywhere around us. You know, I, I, this last week I was um, with Nate. We went to the fifth grade uh, uh, deal out at um, uh, Camp Crystal, and so that was fun, camping out and sleeping with a bunch of fifth grade kids. So uh, for three days we were out there and, uh, and hanging out. So, you know, they do a bunch of educational stuff, you know, while you're out there and show you these different things. And so we were walking uh, the last day Friday 
And, and the Lord reminded me of this this afternoon. We were walking, and they're doing the different habitats. The um, Now I'm forgetting what they were. I wasn't really paying close attention. But they have the hardwood hammock, you know, where there's more water. And then they have the other one, which is the, the, the Florida desert. Uh, do you, Nate, do you remember what they called it? No, he wasn't paying attention either. So that's my boy right there. Hey, man, that's my boy. But uh, uh, no, he just forgot. I put him on the spot. So uh, they, they had the two different... Uh, two different deals there. So anyway, we were in the dry one, Florida's desert, whatever the technical name is, not the hardwood hammock. And we're walking around and they're describing different things. We walked up on this big hole, just a big hole in the ground. And so they're describing, this is a gopher turtle hole. And so this is the, 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 the sand gopher or whatever they call this thing, the whatever type gopher turtle. You all probably, some of you know, don't laugh at me if I'm getting my terms right. Y'all just be quiet. I have the mic. You don't. So, uh, so it was this gopher tortoise deal, and it's this big old hole, you know, that thing it dug. And they said it comes out every day unless it's super cold, and it cleans the leaves out in front of, of the den. It's hole, you know, it cleans it out, makes it very big. The hole is actually much larger than the tortoise itself. And they said this thing goes down probably 10 to 12 feet into the ground, the hole in the depth. It didn't go as far as 40 to 50 feet backwards. It can go back into the earth, down 10 to 12 feet, back 40 to 50 feet back. It's a big hole and has lots of little offshoots and little places on the sides. And so you say, why are you telling us about tortoises? Well, they said, you know, the tortoise is the most important animal in the entire ecosystem. So it's the most important animal in the entire ecosystem. If it wasn't for the tortoise, the whole thing would fall apart. It would, it would completely cease to exist. If it wasn't for a tortoise, none of us look at tortoises and think you're the most important thing in the world, right? But for them, it's the most important animal. Why? Well, when fires move through, all of the other animals, deer, things like that, they can just run off. But all the animals that can't run away, where do they go? They go in the gopher turtle's hole. Snakes, rabbits, the two that shouldn't be together, right? I mean, all these creatures, insects, all these things go into this tortoise hole. Why are you talking about this, Pastor Greg? They say when, they, when these animals get in there, you know, they're so freaked out because the world's on fire that they don't bite each other. They'll stay there for days and not attack each other all in different corners of these holes. And when it's all over, they all come out and then go back to life as normal. Now, we're giving a, 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 a message on ecology tonight, right? I'm talking about recognizing him. You know, the world was all was created by God. Do you think God, by chance, didn't know what he was doing when he made that tortoise and gave it the characteristics that it had? Do you think that maybe God didn't design that tortoise to dig a hole and for other animals to know to run in the hole when there was danger that would save all of their lives? My point is, we can look around us and even in nature, see the hand of God and begin to recognize him in these areas. You may think, well, what's the big deal? Learning to recognize him in the simple things that we take for granted all around us causes us to be more aware of his presence and his influence in our life all the time and opens us up to recognizing him more clearly in other areas. We walked a little farther, and they went to the sand pine that was there. And they showed different sand pines, you know, the different leaves. And this was kind of what was crazy to me. They talked about we went up to a, a teenage sand pine. That's what they described, a teenage sand pine. And, of course, they had the leaves, all, the, the, the needles all over the ground. Then they had the one about this tall. And they showed the little growth spurt or whatever deal at the top of it, a little white thing at the top of the sand pine. Have you ever seen that before? A little white deal. And so they were talking about this sand pine. And of course, the bark. 
it, it protects the tree from fires. When fires come, it, it protects the tree. It's not fireproof, but fire resistant, right? Now it drops pine needles to cause fires on a regular basis. So the fire isn't too hot to kill the tree, but it also has bark to protect the tree from that temperature fire. So the tree is dropping needles to protect itself from the bark, to, and it has bark to protect itself. And then on the very top, it has a little white deal on top where the growth comes from. And the live needles, as they burn, they, they burn very slowly, and they release a gas that hovers right above that little growth knob there and causes the temperature to be cooler right above where the little growth thing is. That's crazy to me. That the needles release this gas that keeps the temperature down, which protects the heart of the tree on the very top. Can I just ask you a question? Do you think that's God? Do you think that's God at work? Now, now some people may say this is a little silly to walk around and see and to look at things and to, and to change how we look at stuff. Having gone to Africa not that long ago, seeing world you know, seeing there's a big world out there, it's easy to live in, in, in a reality and, and to get our focus on things that really quite aren't as important as they should be, right? But, I mean, our life all around us is speaking of the fact that he's with us every single day. Now, why did I give those two examples? Go with me over to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're talking about recognizing him, which then causes us to respond in different ways, which causes us to then be able to experience the, the fact that he's with us, that his provision. Remember, awareness of his presence is the answer to lack, to sin, to sickness, to disease, to despair, to all of the problems we face. It's, a, it's an awareness of his presence. Would you all agree that that's true? Now, in Matthew chapter 6, it's talking about, you know, we, 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 we know this, the, these verses about do not worry. Verse 25, Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Notice, look at the birds of the air. You know, this wasn't just a one-time example Jesus was giving us. If you want to recognize him more clearly, start putting this into practice in your life. He said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Jesus considered their eating. Jesus said they're his heavenly Father, our heavenly Father, was feeding them. So do you think the animals going into a tortoise hole, is God protecting them? Our heavenly Father protecting them? Do you think those pine needles, all the things they do, is God protecting that tree? Do you think that's true? Jesus said birds eating is, is God actually feeding them. He said, which of you can add one cubit to his stature? Uh, uh, said, verse 20, so why do you worry about clothing? Notice, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30, now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after these things, the Gentiles seek but for your heavenly father knows the things that you need seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you 
What was he saying? If you're going to be experienced and, and see God move in your life, you start off by recognizing his hand in other areas of your life. I'm telling you, if you'll start doing this, you'll start seeing and you'll start hearing from him and experiencing him more than you ever did because why? You're looking for his hand in the world all around us and in life. Yes, the things that he's doing in your life specifically, but his hand on us in general, all of the things that God does for us, it helps you begin to recognize him and see him more clearly. I'm telling you, if you'll begin to do this, things will change in your life. You know what the word says. You trust him. You, you ask him to reveal himself to you. Then you start looking around, paying attention to all the things that he's doing in your life, that he do, does in the world for us. I know, the, I know some people are thinking, okay, Pastor Greg, this is a little weird. I'm telling you, it'll help you. you know, these are practical things that will help us get to where we need to be. If God will protect that long, that long leaf pine or whatever it was, through fires that come. Do you think God's going to protect you? If God's going to take care of tortoises and all these, do you think God will take care of you? Do you think you'll be able to recognize his provision in your life and then respond to the things? Listen, if you recognize, only the animals that recognize that whole are the ones that are be able to, 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 to benefit from it. Only the ones who know what it is and see it for what it is can actually get the benefit that God designed for it. Begin to recognize him. Begin to look for him. I'm telling you, th- this will be something that will be actually very beneficial to you. I'm going to close this one for 45 minutes. I'm going to give you homework over Thanksgiving. Yes, Paul said, and no other kid ever. So I'm going to give you some homework. And I'm telling you, this, this and I've been here. I went through a period where I, had, I was doing this. It took discipline to get me. I had to discipline myself to pay attention to what was going on. It, I had to discipline myself to pay attention. Seeing a squirrel bury a nut, pay attention to the fact that you just see this and think it's no big deal. It's an example of God's presence and his hand in our lives. And if some of you look at me, these crazy faces like, oh, what is he talking about? If you'll begin to do this, ask the Lord to, to, to reveal himself to you, but then start p- paying attention to what he's doing. So we, we, we think that God's, God revealing himself and recognizing him as all these spiritual, it's every area of our life. It's every part of who we are. It's every part of our existence. It's all there. You begin to see it in this area and that area. You'll see it in this one. Oh, I didn't see it in this. I didn't see it in this area. And then in the middle of the night, oh, you start recognizing even the, the anointing and the grace that's behind it. And then in the middle of the night, the Lord wakes you up and something's a little different about it. You start, there's something else to this that I didn't see before, that I, didn't, I wasn't aware of before, that I didn't experience before. I'm telling you, things begin to snowball as it were. You begin to recognize him in every part of your life. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.